Raise a hand. Who here likes nature outdoors? All right, a lot of us, right? You guys like camping, hiking? Who here has ever gone on a multi-day hike? It's really fun. You guys should try it. Um, now, I want you to imagine you going on a hike with your friends. Multi-day hike. You grab your bags, you get everything, and you know, you guys go to a place, you camp the night, it's awesome, it's fun. And uh, then it gets dark, and one of your friends has the great idea of night hiking to a different location. You're like, okay, that's kind of scary, but you know, we'll do it, we'll do that. Uh, we've night hiked before, it's actually kind of fun. So anyway, imagine you pack your stuff and you start hiking, and you've got a full moon, and you're hiking, you're hiking, you're hiking, and you realize that you're kind of lost, actually, but... It's okay. It's fine. You're having fun. You're with your friends. You know, you guys will wake up and you'll figure it out. So imagine this. The next day you wake up, you pack your stuff, and you get ready to go home. And you start making your way back on the trail from which you came. And you're hiking for an hour. You're hiking for two hours. You're hiking for three hours. And just nothing looks familiar. Everything looks the same. It's as if you're going in circles and you realize you're lost. And so the worst starts to come to your mind. You know, the, 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 the panic, the fear, when you realize you're lost here in the wilderness, in the forest, with nobody for miles and miles out. You guys don't have any reception. You have no contact with the outside world. No one knows where you guys even went. You just told your friends that, hey, we're going somewhere, right, into the forest. Fear, fear, panic, hopelessness. And as you're hiking under the, the weight of your backpack, as you're walking there in the heat of the sun, you're trying to fight off these thoughts in your head. This, this fear of like, what's going to happen to us? Are we going to get lost? Are we going to die? Are they, is there going to be some news story of how they find our bodies in the wilderness? And as you're walking, all of a sudden, just in your mind, fighting that battle, you hear screaming behind you. You turn around, you realize your friend's on the floor, he twisted his ankle, and you're like, okay, this just went from bad to worse. Okay, don't panic. You distribute all the stuff. You get a couple of your friends to help them walk. You're walking. You guys are now moving three times slower. And, and, and as you're walking, these thoughts come back. What's going to happen to us? Are we going to survive? Are we going to find our way back? Nobody knows where we're at. We have no cell phone service. Nothing. And you start getting angry at your friend. That friend that had this idea to night hike. Like, why do we listen? That was such a stupid idea. Why did we do this? And as you're fighting this temptation to not like be really mad at your friend... All of a sudden, in the distance, you notice something blue, and that's odd. All it's been is just gray and green and brown, but no blue. And you realize there's a person up ahead. He's really far away, but there's a person, and he's got a dog. So you start yelling. You get his attention. You run towards him. And you finally come up to this man, and it's this old man with a rugged face and this, this, this rugged gray beard. 
and you all come around him and you start talking to him and you realize this guy's a hiker and you realize this guy's been hiking this place since he was six with his father and his grandfather and he knows this part of the woods like the back of his hand. And all of a sudden he tells you, you know, you guys are really, really lucky because in my 40 years of hiking this place, I've never seen anybody. Nobody travels here. And in fact, I wasn't even going to go here. It was just by chance that I ended up visiting this spot. And just goosebumps go down your entire body realizing that you were this close to dying. And somehow, by the grace of God, you met this guy. And then all of a sudden, you, you all huddle around him and he tells you, okay, listen up. I'm going to tell you how to get out of here. Now, I want you to pause. In that moment, when he says, I'm going to tell you how to get out of here. What is your, what, how are you going to be listening to this person? Guys, answer. How would you be listening to him? With everything, right? With everything that you have. Like, you're not going to be, you know, just on your phone, playing Candy Crush, right? Angry Birds, I don't know, does anyone play Angry Birds still? Um, or am I dating myself? Uh, like, you are going to be fully focused on what this man is about to tell you. Because what he's about to tell you is your life. Literally, this is the difference between life and death. You're not going to be spacing out. You're not going to be wondering about other things. You're like, I have to hear what this man has to say right here, right now. You won't be sleepy. You will literally be hanging on every single word. Every word would be burned into the conscience of your heart. You would not never forget any of his words ever for the rest of your life. Because his words are your only hope. They're your only chance for getting out alive. These are the words of a man who knows exactly what he's talking about. And you realize, spiritually, we are in a very similar situation. Spiritually, we are lost. Apart from God, we are hopeless and we are on the edge, on the cliff of eternal death. And we are about to step off this cliff apart from God. And then comes along one, the ancient one comes along God, the Alpha and the Omega, the one that was there from the very beginning and He is there in the very end. He is the beginning and He is the end and He is everything in between. And He is the one who has the answers. He is the one who knows how to get out of the woods. And not only is He the one who has who has the answers. In fact, He is the one who has made the way for us to be saved through His Son, Jesus Christ. That is the God that we are listening to. He is the creator and the designer. He is the sustainer, meaning He upholds the entire universe. And if at any moment He puts His hand away, the entire universe will collapse. The entire universe will will come to, will completely 
dissolve and there will be no trace of the universe. You guys realize that? He's literally actively upholding the universe at all times in every second from the very beginning until the very end. He will uphold it until he removes his hand and the entire world will dissolve. He is Lord of all. And he has brought this world into existence. And he will wipe it out. Along with all evil that it contains. And he will create a new world. And redeem this one. Guys, God is most good. God is most gracious. God is most loving. God is wisest. He is most powerful. And these and the and the words that we read in scripture are the words of this God here that I'm telling you about right now. Friends, brothers, sisters, guys, girls, there are no you realize there are no thoughts, there are no ideas, there's no meaning more true and more pure and more helpful, more life-giving, more satisfying, more wise, more powerful than the thoughts of God Himself. There's nothing, there's nothing else in this world that can compare to the thoughts of God. Praise be to Him. Amen. That is our God. And those are the words that He has given to us. Look at what the psalm says. Psalm 119.72. I'll just read this for you. The law of your mouth is better to me than a thousands of gold and silver pieces. Basically, all the money in the world can't compare to the value of your word. Psalm 119.99. I have more understanding than all my teachers. Wait. I thought teachers are supposed to know more than the students. They are. Unless that student, right? We read here, for your testimonies are my meditation. The psalmist thought about the words of God and because of that he was smarter than his teachers. It's like a hack. Psalm 19 verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You ever feel like you're simple or in other words, foolish? The testimony of the Lord will make you wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the command of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. The Word of God is more valuable than anything we can possess here on earth. Any real estate, any gold, any stocks any investment. And the Word of God is more satisfying than the most delicious meal you could ever eat here on earth. 
So what thoughts, what ideas could be greater, higher, and more important than those of his, that, than those that we find in his word? The main point of, you can write this down in your journals, the main point of today's message is to encourage all of us to pray through the words of God. So, the main point, encourage all of us to pray through the scripture. And in order for, for me to be able to encourage you in this, I had to start with the importance of scripture. Because if you don't see the importance of scripture, you won't want to pray through it. And scripture is important because of who God is, right? Because of whose words they are. Scripture is God's word. So I want to give you a couple of reasons for us to pray through Scripture. And the first reason is going to be the biggest one, and then they're going to be smaller after, or shorter. But the first reason is there are no greater and wiser and better thoughts than the ones found in the Word. Just write that down. Number one reason to pray through Scripture is because there are no greater or wiser or better thoughts than the ones found in the Word. Scriptures are the highest form of thoughts. Okay? This is why David says in Psalm 139, 17, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. Right now what I want to do is spend a little bit more time just looking at who is this God. So again, we're still on reason number one. Who is this God? That's the question I want to explore. And right now, we're gonna, I'm going to ask all of you guys to just stand up, say hi to your neighbor. Go ahead, guys. Stand up, say hi to your neighbor. You can sit back down after you sit up. I know this is Mexico, and I know we're all working really hard and sleeping very little, so it would only be fair to ask you guys to do that, okay? Because treat your neighbor as you would want to be treated. Um, so not saying all the other preachers have to do the same thing, but that's the way I would like to be treated. So, question. Who is this God? Jeremiah 10.6. It says, There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. There is none, guys, think about this. There is no one like our God. You know, there's a lot of people that are like us, right? Think about it. There's a lot of you know, your family, your friends, they're like you, right? And then there's, there, you know, then there's people, let's say we were just playing volleyball, right? You might be good at volleyball. You might be good at something. But there's almost always somebody who's better than you, right? We all have that. We all have someone who's better than us in something, right? But when it comes to God himself, 
There is no power, no being, no person that even comes close to who God is. There is no close second with God. And it, is, it sure isn't the devil either. There is no one who even comes near to who God is. He is infinite. And not only is He infinite, guys, but He is also infinite in His uniqueness. In His otherness. In how different He is in comparison to the rest of all creation. That is the God that has given us scriptures. He is infinite in His uniqueness. Here is all of creation, including dirt, dust, water, human beings, worms, angels, Satan, demons, the world, stars, galaxies, planets. This is all of creation, right? And they're all somehow related to one another. And then here is God. Infinitely large, infinitely different and apart and separate from creation. There is no one, there is nothing like Him. I just love that quote. They say that the distance between the, the lowest worm and the highest angel is infinitely small if you compare that of the distance between God and the greatest angel. Nothing comes close. The angel is more like that worm than like God. Infinitely. Because of who our God is. There is none like you, O Lord. Such a person is worth listening to. His words matter. The next thing we see about this God, Psalm 47, 2. For the Lord Most High is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He is king, not president, not ruler, not dictator. He is king. He is sovereign over all the earth. He is reigning and ruling over all aspects of Creation. Not only is He infinite in His uniqueness, but all creation is in His perfect rule. Everything. The movement of every single molecule is guided by His perfect hand. Did you guys know that the average human body, the average human body, guess how many atoms... You know, atoms, the little things, right, that everything's made out of. Guess how many atoms are found in the average human body? Just someone, yes. How much? More than the sand on earth. I don't know how much sand there is. Um, I mean, that's a good guess, but maybe you're right. Maybe, I don't know. Number, give me a number. 500 trillion. Going once, going twice, two trillion. Are we playing price or Price is right, rules. If you go over, you lose. Yeah, go. 25 what? 25? It's a little more than that. 14 quintillion. It's more than that, guys. It is 7 octillion. Yes, that word exists. What is octillion? Octillion is nine sets 
of three zeros. So, zero, 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 seven, and all of those zeros, that's just one body. Just one average human body. We're not that big if you compare us with the rest of the universe. Just imagine all the planets. There are billions and billions of trillions of stars in the universe. Not even stars, galaxies. And they keep discovering more. And those things are huge compared to the human body, which has seven octillion atoms. Think about how many atoms there are in the universe. And God is holding all of them, every single one of them, and the trajectory and the motion of all of them, and all the interactions of every nanosecond, billions and trillions of the seconds, all of it He holds together, and it flows perfectly. In his sovereign hand. This is the king. And he has spoken. He has spoken to us. Last. Not the last. 1 Timothy 6.16, second to last. It says that God alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To Him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Guys, God dwells. Dwells is a fancy word for lives. He lives, he exists in unapproachable light. What does that mean? What is unapproachable? It's not a trick question. What? You can't what? You can't access him. You can't come near him, right? God lives in unapproachable light. Do you realize that the sun is so hot and it has so much radiation that if you were... Only a meter, 45 million miles away from it, it would kill you. Only 45 million miles. That's a long distance, guys. 45 million miles is a huge distance. That's only halfway from the Earth to the Sun. If you were halfway, it would just kill you from the amount of radiation and that it emits. That's, that's just the Sun. You guys know that in world, after World War II, the UK, Russia, US, they were all testing nuclear bombs in the Pacific. And what they would do is they would put in ships of full of soldiers, a ship full of soldiers, and they would just drop a bomb right here. Not on them, but near them, right? Maybe, I don't know how many miles away from them. Not to kill them, it's their own soldiers. But they wanted to see what they experienced, right? And you know what they would do? Imagine they'd have a boat right here, and they would drop the bomb right here. What they would tell them to do is to face directly away from the bomb, to crouch down, and to close their eyes with their hand. To close their eyes and then also close them with their hands. So they're facing away from it. 
And they would say, we're detonating, 10, 9, 8, and they're all crouched down, facing away from the blast. And they say, you can listen to what the survivors said. The blast was so bright that the people seen the bones in their hands. With their eyes closed, with their eyes covered, facing away from the blast, being in the ship. They say it was the most devastating and life-changing thing that all of them have ever seen. Guys, and if, if something so small, if something so created by humans, something so simple and man-made, can be so awesome and terrifying, in light that shines through your eyes when you're facing away, that you can see the bones in your hand. What shall we say of the God who dwells in unapproachable light? That is the God. He has hidden Himself on purpose to not destroy us, whom no one has seen or can see. And yet this God that lives in this unapproachable light, He has spoken to us. And you know what else is amazing? This is my last verse, last passage for point number one. Not only does God dwell in unapproachable light, not only is He so great, but he is also so much more. Isaiah 66, verses 1 and 2, it says, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. All these things my hand has made, and all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look who is humble and contrite or broken in spirit and trembles at my word. Not only is God great and far above and in control and dwelling in unapproachable light, but He also is, looks to those who are humble, to those who are broken, to those who tremble at His word. He is near to the brokenhearted. God is so full of these beautiful paradoxes. He is mighty, yet He dwells with the lowly. And this awesome God, this wonderful God has loved us and given us His Son and given us His Word. And He has spoken to us. And so praying through scriptures, through his word that he has given to us, gives us a chance to respond to the great truths that we find in his word. And you know, if you read the Bible consistently, you probably do this naturally, right? You ever have that where you read something in the Bible and you're like, wow, God, that is amazing. Like, wow, or my God. Whatever it is, that reaction, you know, that is praying through Scripture. And all I want to do is just encourage you 
to expand on that response, to just do that more, to, to be more intentional with it. And because praying through Scripture allows us to seek God's face, right? That relationship with God before we seek His hand. Meaning, God, give me this or God, give me that. We seek His face before seeking His hand. So, that was a long point number one. The rest are going to be shorter. But the point number one, if you're taking notes, is we should pray through Scripture because there's no higher form of thought. There is no greater, nothing wiser. We can't think or make up anything than what is already in Scriptures. So why would we not pray through Scriptures? Two, the reason we should pray through Scriptures is because it zooms us out of our bubble and focuses us on God and His larger purposes. You see, if we... If we don't pray through Scripture, or if we don't pray about the things found in Scripture, oftentimes our prayers are just going to be laundry lists to God, shopping lists. God, I, I need lemons, I need cucumbers, I need some salt. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, I need that. thank you. You know, and that's it. That's all there is. But when we get scripture and we pray through scripture, God's word to me, my response to him, and we respond to him through prayer, we get zoomed out of our shopping list, our laundry list, and we set our eyes onto what God wants. We set our eyes onto God's desires, God's intentions, God's plan, and we get to pray through that, and we get to pray according to his will. And we know He hears us if we pray according to His will. We see the heart and the mind of God revealed. And we understand the things that this God that we just heard about, what He cares about. What does He care about? Have you guys ever wondered about that? Have you ever like asked yourself, like, what does God even care about? Does God even care? You can find the answer to that here in the Word of God. You see, it's good to ask God for things, right? It's good to ask God for things. Why? Because it shows our dependence upon God. So don't get me wrong. It's good to ask God for things. It's right. It's good. But that's just a part of what our prayer should be, right? If all you're doing in your prayers is just asking God for things, if that's all your prayers consist of, that's like having a smartphone and not knowing that you can do all the things on the smartphone and, and thinking all you can do is call. Like, that's it. Imagine. Imagine that's all you use your phone for. It's just calling. No texts, no internet, no apps, nothing. I mean, the phone might be smart, but the user might not be so smart, right? If all we do is just ask, ask, and ask for God in our prayers. We are missing out on so much. There is so much more in prayer than just asking God. We are robbing ourselves of, of we're, we're, we're stuck in our little bubble and we miss God's heart and God's larger purposes. Three, if you're taking notes, 
The reason we should pray through scripture is because we see that the early church, the first Christians, they did this too. They practiced it. We see evidence of this in Acts 4.24. They're quoting Exodus 20 verse 11. Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Who through your mouth, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit. And then they quote Psalm 2. Why do the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together and against the Lord and against his anointed. We see evidence that the very first Christians, the ones that were closest to Jesus, the ones that walked with Jesus, we see them praying the words of God back to God. And guess what? Faithful Christians have continued to do so for the last 2,000 years. And lastly, we should pray through Scripture. And this is a very practical reason. But it's because praying through Scripture helps focus our thoughts. Who here has ever tried to pray for like longer than 10 minutes? Like you just get in your room, you know. And like you pray about everybody you know. And then you pray about everyone you know twice, you know. And you check the time, it's like three minutes past. Like, what am I going to do? You know, I can't, like... This is really hard to hit my quota, right? I mean, there's so many. I'm done praying, God. What, what else is there to pray about? I've, you know, I've exceeded my limits. Praying through Scripture. Not only, first of all, it helps us from getting distracted. Who here gets distracted when you pray? All the time, right? Like, it's just, oh yeah, God, and then, oh, what am I doing tomorrow? You know, just gone. 30 minutes later, you're like, where was I, right? Praying through scripture is like a rail that you can sit down and start actually moving somewhere and making progress by praying through that. So it helps ground us. It, it gives us something to move. It, it grounds us, right? That's, that's a good analogy. And then it also, so not only does it prevent us from wandering, but it also gives us so much content to pray about just infinite infinite content like you you could pray for hours literally if you've never tried it you have to try it here at this camp just you could pray for an hour easy through just short pieces of scripture and guys before we go into the second half of the sermon i want to i want a very important note when I talk about praying through scripture, I'm not just talking about praying through word. I'm not just saying like reciting the words themselves. That's not praying through scripture. We're not Muslims, right? Muslims say like, chitaiti, like read the prayers. Just here's the prayer. Read it. Done. Check mark. Good. You've, your lips have made that sound and you're good. No, we're praying the meaning of scripture. Of what of the meaning that God is communicating through Scripture. That's what we're praying. And so in, in the New Testament, there's a lot of places where you can pray through phrase by phrase by phrase. And it's just so packed with meaning. You could spend an hour on half a chapter. And then in the Old Testament, you might have to read the entire chapter to get one meaning, one piece of meaning, one you know lesson. And then just pray through that. So just... 
I just want you to keep that in mind that we're not we're not just reciting magic words. It's the meaning that God has communicated through his words. That's what we're looking for. So let me talk about types of prayers. What are the different types of prayers? The first one is the prayer of thanksgiving, right? I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wondrous deeds. Psalm 9, 1. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Colossians three seventeen. There are prayers of confession. Psalm 51, verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever in front of me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you may be justified in your words and be blameless in your judgment. Matthew six twelve And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven others. There are prayers of praise, right? For the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 150 verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Then there's also praying God's promises back to him, right? But those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Isaiah 40, 31. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. These are the promises of God. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. And there are the prayers of request. Give us this day our daily bread, Matthew 6, 11. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me according to your steadfast love, Psalm 109, 26. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me, Psalm 50, verse 5. So guys, as we pray, and prayer will be the theme. Prayer is the theme for us here at this trip. And we hope and we pray. We've been preparing for the goal of, of us going deeper in our prayer life from this trip. That's the hope. That's the prayer. And so as you as you as you read God's word, respond to him. Right? God's word to me, my response to him. I'll give you a few examples of responses. And it's okay to start with I because God made me who I am, right? I, Peter Kondrashoff. And I have my own unique perspective that he has given to me. So you could, you know, when you read something, you could respond with like, I worship you because you tell us you are all powerful and you hold the world in your hands. I thank you for providing all my needs. I thank you for my family, my friends, this trip, whatever. I beg you for, 
I confess to you my sin of pride. I confess to you my sin of jealousy. I confess to you whatever. I believe your promise that all things work together for my good. I believe your promise that you are always with me, right? So it's these responses. I believe your promise. I confess to you. I ask you. I thank you. I worship you. So, before we close, before I finish this message, I want to, guys, this is going to be really different, and I've never tried this before. Um, I've never tried this from the pulpit, but I'm willing to try it. Um, I want to just open up a passage from the Bible and just pray through it with you. So, you can open up that passage. You can close your eyes and pray with me, whatever it is. Um, but I'm, I'm going to just pray through this passage. Um, and maybe it will give you guys ideas. Maybe it will inspire you to respond to God's word as well. And just make this a practice in your life. Um, make this a practice as, as we open up God's word. So... Let's, uh, let's do Psalm 103. I've never tried, again, this might flop, but I'll flop for the glory of Jesus. Psalm 103. In Russian, it's Psalm 102, I believe. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Lord Jesus, I pray that, that everything that is within me, God, that it would bless your holy name. Lord, you know there are so many things inside of me that are still sinful, God. You know there are so many things that don't please you, Lord. And I just pray that, that everything, Lord, everything that is inside of me, every part of my mind, every part of my heart, all my desires, all that is within me, not just a part of me, Lord, not just 10% and not just 50 or 75 or 99, but Lord, that all, 100% of all that is within me, that it would bless your name. Lord, for your name is worthy to be blessed. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, O oh Lord Jesus. You know how quickly I forget, Lord. You know how quickly, Lord, I, I, I receive your benefit and how quickly I just move on to something else, Lord. How quickly I, I how often I don't even realize your benefits. I don't realize all the good things that you have given to me, Lord, like... Even this meal, Lord, yes, yeah, we pray, we thank you all together, Lord, but I don't, I don't even remember that, Lord, until now, Father, please forgive me, and I pray that I would not forget all of your benefits, all of the goodness that you have provided to me up until this point. From my first cry, when I was born, Lord, your hand was with me from the very beginning, even before that first cry, Lord, when I was being Woven in my mother's womb, you were with me and you 
blessed me, Lord, and you gave me benefits, and you gave me health, and you gave me, you protected me, and you were with me this entire time. Lord, I pray that I would not forget all of your benefits, but that my heart would be overflowing with gratefulness and praise towards you because of all your goodness that I do not deserve, but that you have given to me. Lord, help me. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Lord, I thank you for healing all my diseases, God. Every time I was worried about my health, that problem no longer exists, God. How many times I have thought, oh, is this going to be permanent? How long is this going to last? Is this going to hurt forever? Lord, you have healed all my diseases, God. How often I was concerned, how often I thought it would be permanent, and you have healed all of it. Lord, I don't even remember, I don't even remember 98% of them, 99% of them, God, and you have healed me of all of them. And yet in your book, you know exactly of everything you have ever healed me of. Thank you. Who forgives all your iniquities. Lord, I thank you for giving me all my sins. Every single one of them. Lord, you know that any one of them are enough to damn me into hell for all of eternity. Separated from your presence. And yet you have forgiven me every single one of them through Jesus Christ. Every one of them, Lord. You didn't forgive most of them. And then you saved some for later to bring it up and throw it into my face for later. No, you forgave all of them at the cross. And Lord, I thank you fully. There's nothing that you hold against me right now, Lord. And I worship you and I bless your name for not holding any of these sins against me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Who redeems your life from the pit. Lord, you have bought my life from the pit. Or in other words, hell. You know that that's where I was destined to be. Separated from your presence. And you have, have snatched me out of the flames of hell. And you are bringing me, not just here on earth, God. But you are not just saving me from the pit. You are bringing me to heaven. To be in your presence where I will be able to be. Stand in the presence of your glory. And it says that there in Revelation, we will see you face to face. We will see your glory. We will live in your unapproachable light. And we will not be consumed by it. But instead, we will be energized, Lord. And I thank you that you have rescued me from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of hell. And we will be living with you in the kingdom of light. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Lord, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your love. Lord, it is a crown. It is a crown that you have given to all who have believed in you. Who satisfies you with good. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Lord, I thank you. I worship you for all of your goodness. Help me never forget any of your benefits. But be in awe of you and worship you. Always and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray one more time. Let's stand. Lord, God, I just pray.
If there's anybody here, God, who doesn't know you yet, Lord, who has not met you face to face, that you would save them. God, and I pray that all of us, Lord, would be able to pray through your word more, God, and just be enriched, just, just absorb it, God, and let it just course through our veins, through our body, and go to every cell of our soul and spirit and nourish us. Oh, Lord Jesus, how we need you and how we need your word. Be with us. Bless us. In Jesus' name.